thoughts, dead legs, ideas, truncated torsos, people, champignon mushrooms, caravan maintenance, Filipino cargo pants, trundle beds, iceberg lettuce, what's that plastic thing doing down there, Nordstrom rack, shut up Renee, the, the sci-fi quiche. movie, splice, niche, yeah, niche's quiche. <laughs> Hi everyone, uh, I've got a ridiculous excuse for being Here's Sam Simmons. so late with the potto. Um, oh my god, anyway, I want to talk about dead legs later. Remember dead legs? Uh, anybody overseas is like, what's dead legs? Dead legs is like when a kid would come up, um, I remember we had, oh, anyway, I'll talk about it later. So basically what happened to me, um, this is so stupid. I, uh, I was eating too, I was eating sushi way, like, I was eating sushi voraciously and I bit a chopstick and I coughed and I swallowed a splinter and it got into my throat and it got infected. Um, that's why I sound a little bit funny as well. Um, and I've been really, not, well, not really sick, but really my voice has been awful and just heavy phlegm and hot weather. Um, I'm, I managed to do a, a morning swim this morning, so I felt good about that. But uh, yeah, so... Apologies, it's not through um, uh, my, my, my lack of love for you. I love you all and I miss you. And I've had so many nice messages, people checking in to see if I'm okay. Yep, I didn't fall off the wagon. I did though have a big, God, I had a big fat cry. Oh my goodness. You know when you've got, I think I've had a, a cry inside for maybe oh, a couple of years. And I did this big, like a power cry, like a hard, hard cry. Kind of like a Anthony LaPaglia in Lantana Cry. I don't know whether you know about this, but um, the Australian film Lantana by Ray Lawrence, which is a great film. Uh, there's a really good scene with Anthony LaPaglia crying alone in his car. Um, if you're into that kind of thing, it's just a very good cry. It's a great cinematic cry. Uh, I had one of those and it was out the front of my daughter's school. Just a big power cry. I just needed it. Um, I don't know whether I felt better for it. I don't know why, where it came from or what it meant, but it was a good thing to do. Maybe I was just under a bit of stress, duress, getting back from um, holidays and financial worries and shit like that. But that's uh, that's everybody's plate these days. That's called being an adult, man. So if you do need to have a cry, go have a cry, cry guy. Um, anyway, I hope you're good. I hope you're well. Thank you for all your messages um, on email and uh, nowhere else, really. I've been, I've avoided social media. I've just been gone. Just been sick and ill and gone. Um, I actually also managed to sell raffle tickets uh, this morning at my school for the fundraiser. So I've been doing pretty good. I've been doing lots of little, um, you know, it's a little altruistic stuff. So I've been, I, I, uh, I helped, I co-hosted the auction night where we auctioned off. I mean, there was a bit of bloody dick swinging and click flicking going on there, you know, with uh, people who could flash around the money for the auction. But um, it was good. I mean, I, could, I couldn't afford anything, but it was nice to host it and good to raise some money for the school if you do have bloody money. Um, yeah, so d job hunting, all sorts of stuff. I'm doing all, I'm busy. I'm a busy boy at the moment. Uh, I'm trying to get my, uh, my noodles up which sounds really wrong. I'm trying to get my noodle up. Um, trying to get my noodles up. Uh, what else am I doing? Silly Billy stuff, which is uh, good fun and getting ready for that and sausage sizzle. So lots on the plate. Um, not much coming in, but it's going to it's gonna be all right. It's going to get there in the bloody end, isn't it? Um, anyway, so yeah, very, very uh, happy to be on the mend. Oh my God. It was a fat cry and a fat splinter. 
I mean, the warning there is just don't eat your sushi. Don't get too into your sushi. I think it must have been some something to do with just being in Japan recently. But so I bit. It's those cheap chopsticks. So a cheap chopstick. I bit in. It splintered. I coughed. Then I swallowed some. It's got lodged in there. I could feel it was in there. Um, and then did a bit of a botchy home job trying to get it out. Obviously, then got infected. Like started gargling betadine, and uh, it was it was long gone. So. Um, yeah, so anyway, so you just bloody don't, you know, just remember, don't bloody, don't chew the chopstick. Maybe that's a quote. Don't chew the chopstick, as they say. Don't chew the bloody chopstick. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's, just, that's basically been my uh, last couple of weeks. We had a school play, which was wonderful. Wonderful! Oh, the little angels! You little angels learning your lines! And Luna did her line really good, and it was bloody gorgeous and we all watched and went ah and i brought along my friend michael who uh two michaels actually i bought two friends called michael both single men in their 40s um which sounds wrong to bring them along to a school play but i thought they'd enjoy it and they did they loved it and i could tell there was a you know a little pang of like ah i haven't met anybody to bloody procreate uh, it was gorgeous, really, really fun. Some kids fluffed their lines. Some kids were way too good at it, at learning their lines and making some other parents feel a little bit like, oh, I've got a shit kid. Um, you don't have a shit kid. Your kid's your kid. And the only, the, only, the only shit kids are other people's kids, I've learned. The only shit kids are other people's kids are shit. I looked after another kid on the weekend. You know, there were moments where I was like, you're a shit kid. <laughs> I'm pretty sure their parents would not be listening to this. Um, but uh, no, it's a nice kid. Nice kid. He's a good little guy. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Uh, what was I talking about? Yeah, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm, ra I'm rambling already today. Um, I'm not on any medication. I'm sober as. Sober as a bumhole. Um, if that's uh, such a thing. Uh, I've got lots of uh, messages about the Japanese toilet, by the way. It's, one, one was quite disturbing. Let me scroll down and find this here. Hi, Sam. This is from... Pinky, which uh, it's going to say, it's going to, a lot more is going to be um, explained about the nickname Pinky in a minute. Hi Sam, just listen to you recount how amazing the toilets are in Japan, as they are. Um, it leaves your anus fresh as a daisy. Uh, as a big guy, six foot four, 115 kilos, I couldn't even fit in my hotel toilet in Hakuba. Um, but downstairs in the hotel lobby was a single room toilet with all the buttons. Needless to say, I visited every day after breakfast. That's gross. That is great, especially if it's one of those buffet breakfasts, like a bad Western buffet breakfast and involves hash browns. You know, there's all, like, you know, the buffet breakfast with the hash, like McDonald's hash browns. No good. No, I mean, I know you're on holidays, but no, no day starts well with one of those. Even though, you know, it is good. You're on holiday. Have a hash brown. Go do a weird poo. But yes, you're going to do a heavy, dense... Anyway, it doesn't matter. As my partner will not concede uh, in my battle for a bidet installation at home, I found a solution. Now... Look, here's a warning on this one. This is gross. I love it. Uh, you know, He says, You know how your shower rows in most showers have the two settings, really hard and normal? Well, I shower post-poo. <laughs> it's so awful. You awful man, Pinky. Because then all the poo particles are in the bloody shower, aren't they? I hope to God you're first wiping with paper, then getting into the shower recess. Because then it's all in the grout. He said it gives the anus a good clean out, works a treat, man. Well, I guess it does, but it's all between your toes, sir. 
Um, now, if I can convince her to allow my little shower stool, onsens are... Yeah, onsens are the best wash. That's the one where you sit down on a, on a stool. Um, life will be grand. Yes, I agree with that one. That one's fine. But please make sure you're cleaning it quite nicely. But Or are you doing this on the toilet and pulling the shower... No, you wouldn't pull the shower head in between your legs. Because you're a big guy, there's not enough room. <sighs> Goodness me. Um, anyway, that's from Pinky. He's... <laughs> The old Pinky the Starfish. Uh, I love that so much. AKA Mark. Um, thank you very much, bloody skid Mark. Uh, that was fantastic. Thank you so much for that email. I mean, I, I know that's just poo humour just then, but, you know, we can all relate to it. We've all got one. Even the, you know, even the king, even the queen. So, I can't remember the name of the comedian. He, he had a great line about the queen with wet hair, which is just a great image that sometimes the queen will step out of the shower with wet hair. And it's a, it is, it's a... An absurd thing to think about when you think about the Queen with wet hair. Anyhow, I'm going to play you something and we'll um, come back and talk dead legs. Ominous pine cone. Ominous pine cone. Just stick it in your problem hole. Dear Sam, my uncle has a beard and wears chinos. Does that make him cool? From Jordan and Unley. Hmm, a beard and chinos, you say? Well, Jordan, that depends on whether he's working in a minimalist cafe in inner Sydney that serves sandwiches that cost $18 and are cut on a ridiculous, stupid angle and the bread's too hard to bite and it's full of ingredients you've never heard of before. In that case, then, yes, your uncle's a beardy chino wanker. But if he's a geography teacher with a beard and wears chinos, he's kind of cool, but a little bit dodgy. You look like a dodgy geography teacher. Dear Sam, I fully love Belle Biv DeVoe. Nicole from Montreal. Dear Nicole, who doesn't like Belle Biv DeVoe? Get this all up in your tits. You look like a dodgy geography teacher. 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 I'm ready. I'm ready, Slick, are you? Just leave me alone, dodgyography. Just to get in your problem hole. Dead legs, dead legs, dead legs, dead legs. So dead leg used to be this awful thing that, I mean, I don't know whether kids do it anymore, but um, you'd be in the schoolyard and then some kid would come up to, I think it's also called a camel bite or a horse bite. I can't remember. But a kid would run up behind you and on the back of your calf, uh, this would be in summer, um, so it's, you have your shorts on, you have your stubbies, little shorts, little school shorts, and they come up behind you and do it in a cupping motion as hard as they could on the back of your car, on the back of your thigh, your hamstring, they would um, give you a camel bite and or it would just be a cork or you get corked, a cork-like punch with one knuckle kind of protruding from your fist and you'd punch someone in the... Th I don't remember... Now, I'm not just saying this, but I don't remember doing the punching. I definitely remember getting a dead leg several times. and Or if you'd fall over playing sport and then they give you a dead leg, it's where they punch you in the thigh or hamstring as hard as they could, and you'd have a dead leg. So you'd be walk you couldn't walk properly because you were corked. Um, anyway, I remember we had a school uh, assembly because we had to... Uh, stop doing dead legs, giving each other dead legs because one kid, Sam Osborne, it's amazing how you remember these names from childhood, but he got a blood clot that I think went to his brain and he was fine, but I think he was hospitalised from this blood clot, which they said was probably caused by the dead leg. Um, <laughs> it's not funny, uh, but it's so... It's, well, kids are cruel, aren't they? Just to think... I even, did, like, yesterday, just dropping off Luna, they... 
um, Luna was the troll or something for that day. And it means that no one talks to Luna. I was like, that's no good. So I talked to the kids going, what's going on here? But then I realized I'm an adult talking to the other kids just because my kid's the troll for the day. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, dead legs is not good. So don't, don't, um, don't, don't allow your kids to, don't dead leg your kids and don't dead leg a lover or dead leg a friend, but don't dead, don't dead leg a kid or allow a kid to dead leg. Um, geez, I'm loose today. I'm, and you can tell I can, I sound tired. It's, it's broken me that splinter, that chopstick splinter. I don't know whether it was a Tokyo revenge. Oh, it really hurt. And just, I, I reckon there were still some shards of um, chopsticks still in there. I mean, it still hurts to swallow. I should go to the doctor. Anyway, um, It's for, I do feel like I'm getting through it. And an antibiotic would have been good as well, but I just feel like it, it, it's too, too far gone. Because then there would have been like, when I'd swallowed the chopstick and coughed, a bit of sushi would have gone in there. So some raw fish has been obviously inserted into the wound with the splinter, and that's where the infections... Uh, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I think I uh, I um, offended quite a few of the um, parents uh, whilst I was hosting the fundraiser the other night as well. I was a bit loose, um, and there was one of the prizes was I think a four hundred dollar voucher for um, cosmetics, like um, but injectables was in there. I was like, oh my god, really? And I at one point said, pump up your lips, bitches. Let's go. $300. Going once, going twice. And yeah, like I've been copying dirty looks all week. And it's like, come on. It's a joke. We're all adults. There were no kids around. It was an adult night out. I'll tell you what, a lot of them got very loose. They were, whoo, they really partied on, those parents. Um, but yeah, there was a few that were uh, offended at what I said. Particularly one of the mums that said that I used the, words, the, the word tone deaf incorrectly. Um, I don't know whether I mentioned this on a podcast earlier, but I got told off for using the word tone deaf as it was offensive to the deaf. People get offended at a lot of stuff very quickly now. Um, again, who's my friend who doesn't want me to say stupid? I can't call my um, sausage sizzle stupid, uh, which is fair enough. I wanted to call it Sam Simmons stupid sausage sizzle, but apparently that's offensive to the uh, mentally um, unable. Ah, <laughs> oh, dada, dada, you fucked in the head. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm loose today, guys. I've got to go help. I've got to go work with my partner today and help her with her tax because we got this ridiculous debt, um, for childcare from last year because she's not done her tax for years and now I have to do it. And I don't know how to do it, but I'm trying to save money. So I'm just kind of like, uh, I'm putting that off. I really don't want to do it. I really, really don't want to, especially with like, like little fever sweats when you're crook. Um, but I've got to bloody help her out because she's the bread earner. She's the bread, even though I still bloody fucking pay for everything. Um, anyway, this is my life, whatever. I'm just, why do I let you in? Why am I letting you all in so deeply into my life? I had to send an email to my manager the other day just going, I need some work. And, uh, but then I found out he was on holidays and I was like, ah, oh, shit. So I had to kind of retract it and go, look, don't contact him. He's on holidays, but I'm, I'm itching. I'm itching for him to get back. I need, I need a bloody jobby. Daddy need a jobby. And to the person from Oz Post, uh, yes, I will look into it over December when it's a busy season. Just some temporary postman work. Um, money's too tight to mention, guys. There's not a lot of gigs out there, guys. There's not a lot of gigs. And when you do the festivals, it's just bloody the money runs out. The bloody money runs out. And there's not that many people on Patreon, but it's nice that you are on there. And if you have gone off Patreon, it's fine. If you did just log on, to get a tea towel sent to you and then log off. 
That's dodgy, but it's all right. I love that you did it anyway. And you would be listening, because that's how you know. Um, anyway, uh, I avoid. I managed to avoid a... Uh, oh, you know those friends that you've got that are friends of your partner? And you get along with them. And you do. I really love this person. But I wasn't really in the mood for the birthday party. And I avoided it. And guess what? I did good. You know why? Because midway through the party, everybody got given a lump of clay... And they had to do like a clay bust of the person whose birthday it was. That's the type of thing that would fucking make me angry at the party because I don't like forced fun. Even though it's a really lovely idea and I love it, I know that I wouldn't have been able to hold a poker face and go, oh, well, this is good. I would have looked like, ah, shit, really? Are we doing this? Um, So I'm really glad I... um, I'm glad I missed out on that one because I would have... You would have seen it straight in my face like, oh, no... Um, so I dodged a bullet there. Uh, don't force fun at birthdays is what I'm, what I'm saying. Kids, kids fun, yes. Adult fun. Or maybe not so much. Maybe I'm a bloody a sour sob. Is that a thing? What do you call a person who's a um, n- not fun? Is it a sour sob? It's not. There's a better word for it. When you bloody a Grinch? No, you. Oh, you're no fun. You're a no fun? A sour sob. I'll think of the word later on. I always do this. I'll be driving down the road. I'll be like, ah, Kamazelpop. Um, anyhow. Um, hey, I've been, look, I know that I, I'm really wanting to get political on this thing. Don't want to do it. But the, uh, the, the, the voice to parliament stuff is very interesting at the moment. So if you're overseas, uh, there's a referendum in Australia about changing the constitution to basically acknowledge that, uh, that Aboriginal people were here first. Duh! The literal uh, translation of the word Aboriginal means first, I think it means, or the original of the land. But mind you, at the same time, Aboriginal is everywhere around the world. So you've got Aboriginal people of Canada. It's just that they were, you know, given Inuit. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, but it looks like the no vote's going to get up. So they're not going to change the constitution. It's kind of looking unavoidable at the moment that this is going to happen. And I was thinking to myself that this is going to be a pretty devastating news for um, Indigenous people to wake up to the day after the vote. So it's on Sunday the 15th, I think they'd wake up and go, oh, lots of people don't like that we're black and Aboriginal, in a way. Or a lot of people don't agree with what we want. I know there'll be people listening to this going, oh, shut up, mate. Um, But I thought that what we could do in the face of possibly an inevitable no vote unfortunately, is that the next day at 10am, we all walk out the front, go to our local intersection at 10am and stand there for a minute and say yes. And then if enough people do that all around the country, then um, our First Nations people will see that show of solidarity. I know there were walks on the weekend, but I think that if we swamp social media by doing something like this, at least it is something that will signify the amount of people who actually said yes as well. Because it's not it's not, not going to be half the population, but it could at least be, it's looking like 40% of the population are going to say yes, with a 60% um, saying no. So I reckon if 40% of the people at 10am on Sunday morning went out the front and screamed yes for a minute at 10am at their local busiest intersection, I know this sounds like a stupid idea, but it's a simple idea where if enough people go out there, it will cause a bit of a stir. I, I don't know what else to do. I mean, apart from, you know, storming parliament, which people aren't going to do, this will be a really good indicator of size of the amount of people who agree with yes. I don't know how to get it out there. I was going to put it out there on social media and lose a lot more followers again. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I just think that there's something to it. There is something to it, and we can uh, at least oh, just give a little bit of love back and let them know that they're not alone, and there are people who care about them. And we're really sorry that this happened. So I've been kicked in the guts again. It's uh, it's pretty rough stuff. Anyway, um, I'm going to play something fun, fun now, fun, fun in your bum, um, with your mum. Mum bum. I don't know what's wrong with me. What is wrong with me? All right, hang on, here we go. I'm Bob Maynard from ABC Classic FM. I hate getting tiny knots in my headphone cords. I also don't care for jugglers. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm Bob Maynard. Um, shout outs for messages uh, Romeo Sartor. Owen Tregenza, I think you've sent a dream analysis in for me, thank you. Swamp Jar, Carly, uh, what, Tim Two Shop Bidet? Oh yes, that's right, so Tim's actually told me where I can actually get a fixture to put on the side of my toilet from like a $2 shop, which sounds good. <gasps> Sorry, my um, throat, ah, it hurts to swallow sometimes. Uh, and I got a lovely message from Lisa, um, who has said that she'd love to volunteer at my sausage sizzle. Yeah, I have to bloody volunteer. I'm just going to be there doing it. Going to be there doing it. And uh, the people who do do it, they're going to be um, paid. I'm going I'm to pay them, Lisa. No volunteers. Don't worry about it. You don't have to. Just come and buy a sausage, have a sausage, or have one of my, um, my vegan options, which is going to be very good. Uh, here's a lovely message from Jackie Shatwin. Uh, she said, I'm loving your podcast. It makes my brain feel normal. Um, also recently listened to Rollover Pavlova. Oh, thank you. That's my kids podcast, which I've been quite lazy on. Quite lazy indeed, but I will get back into it. Just sorting life out. It's hard to get your life right after you've been, um, I guess, um, uh, emotionally unwell and, but let's, let's face it, an alcoholic. Um, it's hard to get your bloody life back on track. It's taking me years. It's taking me way too long at the moment, actually. Uh, it's time to pull the finger out, basically. I need to get my uh, myself working and amongst other people apart from children, uh, which is basically I just hang out with a kid all day and my partner, who I bloody love. Mum was on the loose, eating chocolate mousse, got a big caboose. Uh, anyway, um, that's our mum song, uh, which sounds really wrong, but it's not. We love her. We love her, mama. Uh, what else? What else has been going on? Just trying to think about all the other stuff that's been going on. Apart from the hot weather, not much. I did a massive clean out of the house. So I did a, like a real, your life's not going great, mate, but at least I can clean kind of thing. So you're kind of like, I've got control over this. I'm going under the house into the, uh, the cavity uh, under the basement and cleaning it all out. And it was filthy. It was a really, it was a filthy mess, but it was my mess and I got to clean it out and I felt fantastic about it. So that was, uh, that was a big day. So I've got a whole bucket list of things that I have to cross off uh, to get myself ready. I've got, to, I've got to write a new CV and make it look pretty and get that out there. I've got to look at, I'm looking at public service. So if there's any public servants out there and it's like, it says like level one and all that type of stuff. When I'm applying for a job, what the fuck do I do? I don't understand how that system works. So I'm looking into that. I've uh, I've basically plundered every resource of the film industry at the moment, and there is nothing out there. It's not from a want of uh, people not wanting to give me work. There's just literally no work out there. So I am looking everywhere. Uh, I'm arguing my way out of parking fines. 
Uh, oh, what else am I doing? Oh, I'm going to show Luna Kindergarten Cop on the weekend. I thought that would be a good one. I love exposing her to comedies that might be a little bit dated now, but um, we could have fun together watching. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, yes, I'm, I'm still trying to hit up that guy from uh, to make remake Come Dine With Me, but no one's getting back to me. The, the fil- Basically, what I've been told in the film industry and television at the moment is winter is coming, which means there's a, d- a dearth or a dearth. What is it called? A dearth of work? A dearth or... What is wrong with my fucking mind? You tell me. You tell me now. Um, I'm also looking into crypto. I know. What's going on? Like, just like, maybe I could do something there. You know, you start with 50 bucks, make 100 bucks, that turns into 200. Anyway, I'm, just, I'm looking at every little option, people. Every little option. Um, and my little girl starts at NIDA in a couple of weeks. So, I mean, that's another industry that's going to be gone anyway soon, isn't it? With uh, bloody AI. Maybe I should get into AI. Maybe I should learn how to bloody... You know, like in... I don't know if anybody's seen... Uh, remember seeing the film AI. Yeah, it was called AI. <laughs> Uh, which I loved. It was, I thought it was a great film. So it was originally, the script, I think, was written by Stanley Kubrick. And uh, before he died, he gave it to Steven Spielberg, I believe. And then Steven Spielberg made the film, and I loved it. I thought it was a great film. I think it copped a lot of shit, but I think it's fantastic, and it still stands up well. But there's a great uh, whole lot of, there's a great scene, not scene, but there's a great uh, character thread from Jude Law playing a um, gigolo robot. So he's a sex robot for human women. Maybe that's the avenue. Something like that. Sex robots. Okay, I'm running out of ideas, people. I'm bloody running out of bloody ideas. Uh, okay. Hey, I've got a really, really great, great, great bloody um, deep dive this week. I'm really into it. It's bloody just a good one. I've, I've, I reckon I've dropped the ball with these recently, and I found a fascinating story, and I really, really love it. And it's screaming to be turned into a screenplay. It's not going to be me. I don't got no contacts. Um... Uh, so, uh, yes, anyway, so I'm going to play you something. I'm going to come back, and I reckon you're going to do a little bit of a bloody... I think we'll do a little bit of a deep dive. All right, I'll speak to you in a minute. I need some things at the Institute! A precise history of things with Sam Simmons. 1984, somewhere in Adelaide, Sam Simmons has accidentally dropped his hand Solo action figurine down the back of the couch between the big cushions. Oh, I'll never get him back now, unless... As Sam ripped away the cushions, he was sucked inward as the velvety cushions swallowed him up like a giant bullfrog swallowing this a cricket. This is radical! Cried Sam. I seem to be flying through some type of futuristic wormhole! Simmons was then forced to go through puberty within nine minutes. Oh, oh, pimples! Oh, girls! I'm artistic! Spiralling out of control and into an unknown future, clinging hopelessly to his couch. Because this was no ordinary couch. This was a porthole, into a porthole, into a rabbit hole, into a black hole, into a vortex, into a land that time has forgotten. Because it never. I'm bored, Mummy! This is so boring! Future. 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 Simmons was now a boy trapped in a man's body, but not in a weird way. Who am I? Where am I? What am I doing? I've got pubes! This is the story of a man. A boy man! Boy man future coach! This is so boring! Alright, we're deep diving. So this is the story of uh, Australian woman Alice Anderson. This is 
a brilliant story. So Alice Elizabeth Anderson, born Alicia Elizabeth Foley Anderson in 1897, um, was an Australian businesswoman, garage proprietor, designer. Anderson was the owner of the first all-women garage workshop in Australia. Okay, so this is the 1920s. The 1920s, so right, so the third child of five children of the Irish-born couple, um, Alan, Mary, and uh, his name, Joshua, she grew up in a bush house in Narbathong, a small town in the rural suburbs of Melbourne, where she learned to hunt, fish, horse ride, and had her first contact with driving. During her teenage years, Anderson attended the Melbourne Church of England Girls Grammar School. However, financial struggles forced her to abandon schooling after five terms. Her sisters were Frances and or Frankie, uh, an artist and art director, Joan and Claire, who were the first women engineering student at the University of Melbourne. Her brother Stuart drowned in 1913. Anyway, so while some writers say Anderson's first contact with vehicles happened in the local cooperative bus service, others say she worked in her father's motoring business as a secretary and the staff taught her to drive. Either way, her interest in motors and technology began in late childhood. At the age of 18, Anderson started a part-time job as a clerical worker and alongside took groups on weekend touring trips to the Dandenongs. Um, they're the mountains outside of uh, Melbourne, or within Melbourne now. Uh, by the age of 21, she settled in Kew, which is just outside of Hawthorne, and became a full-time worker in a tourism in, for her own tourism business. Uh, a year later, she acquired a block in Cotham Road in Kew, constructed a brick garage, and founded the Alice Anderson Motor Service Enterprise. This is remarkable. Like This is like... Toward the end of the like First World War, heading into the twenties before the Depression, this is a woman. Oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to this coming up. It's uh, amazing. So anyway, inaugurated in 1919, Al, uh, Alice Anderson Motor Service was the first all women garage. So that's the thing as well. All women work there. Garage workshop in Australia. And just a just a little caveat to let you know now. All the first and only one up until I think the 1990s. And there's only, I think, another two that operate now. So, I mean, just think about what a trailblazer this woman was back then. The services offices include, uh, offered included vehicle repair, chauffeuring with garage-owned cars, interstate touring trips, uh, driving classes and petrol stations. In addition, women could take educational programs on in engine technology. And the reason for this is because this is like a time before, you know, the uh, NRMA or RACV, we have call-out things and there's not petrol stations everywhere. So if you had a car, you had to look after it yourself and know stuff. Um, and if you were a woman driving a car, especially regionally or something like that, you'd really want to know your shit so you could actually protect yourself. So... Due to Anderson's reputation for caring and passion, um, mothers from all across Australia would send their daughters to the garage to learn to drive. By 1925, the garage was so popular that 50 women applied for the apprenticeship program. The crew grew to nine members and the car fleet grew to five vehicles. She trained more than 30 young female chauffeurs. Uh, the Enterprise continued to operate until after Anderson's death until at least 1954. So there's way more to this um, story as well. Now, this is, uh, here we go, the sad bit. Now, uh, there's rumour and conjecture about her sexuality as well, but, you know, I'm looking at all these photos and, you know, you can tell. She's basically, she's a proud lesbian woman back in the day. She had a whole lot of other mechanics, male mechanics um, from other shops. There was another one in Hawthorne of male mechanics that uh, supported her greatly, but the a lot of other mechanics were saying that she lived an unnatural life, which you can read between the lines as to what that is. So what we've got here is a pioneer hero lesbian feminist uh, mechanic who 
for a holiday, um, I think in 1925, from memory on this as well, because I, I listened to some stuff as well, she drove her own car to the Northern Territory from Melbourne, repairing it herself. The car worked perfectly. The only thing she got was a flat tire. I mean, that is that is a bra- that was her idea of a holiday. Brave woman. Sadly, though, uh, a week after she returned. Uh, she was found dead in the back of her workshop in Kew. Um, she was shot in the head. Now, family and friends immediately dismissed the possibility of suicide because there were two co-workers there. One was a young girl who was 16. And as the story goes, it went to the, I think, the grave of her sister and said, said on, sorry, it was told on her deathbed was that she... Um, hid the fact that she was cleaning the gun of a 16-year-old girl, or the 16-year-old girl was possibly cleaning the gun, and she had three guns there at a time. So if, you know, you are going to kill yourself, you're not going to take three guns, eh? So that was kind of ruled out by the coroner. But um, it grazed her forehead, uh, forehead and um, unfortunately she died. Isn't that... I mean, it's so sad, but amazing. This this woman, what an incredible story. So according to the historian Loretta Smith, Anderson was a woman of rare achievement who excelled as a motoring entrepreneur and inventor. And just, uh, also, she was, uh, her best known invention is called the Car Creeper. Um, or the Anderson Get Out and Underboard, a board with caster wheels used for working under a car. But she didn't apply for a patent at the time. But, you know, like when mechanics slide under the car and that thing, apparently she was the first person to do it. So there you go. I mean, there might have been someone in America who thought of that as well, but it doesn't matter. Um, Anderson was involved with several social clubs and associations. She was the founder of the vice president of the Women's Automotive Club of Australia. Anyway, what a hero to be celebrated. Don't you think that's extraordinary that she existed and... The adventure she went on, such a tragic death, and ah, oh, there's so many layers to this story. So yeah, look, what a what a terrific one. I'm really, really um, happy I happened to stumble onto that because that's a that's a bloody terrific bloody story there. Oh, tell you bloody what, guys. Oh. Well, um, there you go. There you bloody well. Go. I don't even. I mean, I feel like we've definitely run short this week, but that's okay. That's okay. Dad's getting his bloody scruples and morals back on board. And I'll be back with you. Back with a weekly one, guys. I promise you. It's going to be weekly. Um, just, a, you know, in, in, but but not if I, you know, swallow a chopstick. I mean, that was unavoidable. I mean, I couldn't talk. I could not talk. It was. It's hurting now to talk is why I'm wrapping it up as well. Um, anyway, so look after yourselves. Um, I hope you're registered to vote. I hope you're all... Hope you're all happy and healthy and uh, looking forward to the uh, the apocalypse that's coming around the corner with extreme heat waves. <laughs> um, get yourself into some cold water therapy as well, if that's the thing that uh, might work for you. Don't waste bags of ice. Don't do it like on social media where some fucking young hipster with a beard. And it is, it's always some bearded skinny twat jumping into a bathtub full of ice. And you see him cutting open the bags of ice. They're, they're like five bucks a pop. So you'd need at least three to four baths. 20 bucks a bath. Don't do that. Um, go jump in the ocean or just have a cold shower, I think is the way to Even though I can't do the cold shower option. It's just, it's too, it's yuck. I don't like it. I like the immersion. I like to immerse, guys. Um, all right. Also, I did apply for a radio job, but I was rejected. So that was heartbreaking. That bloody got to me as well. That was right in the midst of my sickness. That might have been a catalyst for one of my cry guy moments. Big cry. Oh, the tears did a flow. 
<sighs> All right. Well, hey, look after yourselves. I will be back with you, I promise you, next week. Probably on a Tuesday. Tuesday feels like a good day for it. Feels like the right day because the weekend's gone. I've done stuff. Um, I can talk about it. I can put it aside. Uh, I've got to write a new show as well. I don't even feel like I performed the other show enough to put it to bed. <sighs> but I've got to do a new show. I've got to write a new show for coming up next year already. I don't even know what to do. Have I run out of... Have I run out? Is there no more in me? Am I bereft? Um, oh, oh, sorry, that hurt. Oh, it's hurting. It's hurting. So please forgive me for this one. Um, you got the best of me in this one, but my, it is. My, my throat is really hurting. So love you lots. Um, go off and have a bloody beautiful week. And I will speak to you next Tuesday when me larynx and me tonsils are feeling a lot less red raw. All right, love your guts. Bye, guys. He lay in bed and thought about all the things he would talk to her about. Not cats, not cats, not cats, he said to himself. He could always feel himself boring people to within an inch of their life talking of cats. Yeah, well, they're actually very cunning killers, man. Yeah, whatever. Then he ate avocado on toast and accidentally bit his lip. Ow! Idiot. Then he went inside and rehearsed his bus crush Tanya lines in the mirror as he shaved. Of course, before he left his flat, he remembered to scorn his unfinished coffee table. Fuck you, Ikea flat pack coffee table! He said good morning to Mr. Miyagi. Good morning, Mr. Miyagi! Gave the garden gnome the finger. He bought a small bunch of flowers, nothing too showy. Then he walked to the park towards bus crush infused destiny. He thought he was killing it. I fully rule! He didn't, but he did have plenty to talk about. How Brian Brown is an underappreciated actor. Bloody Brian Brown. Warren G. Bloody Warren G. How Brian Brown is an unappreciated actor. Bloody Brian Brown. And not thinking about talking about any cat stuff whatsoever. No cats, no cats, no cats. Now he was nervous, like a soggy newspaper sweating in its plastic sleeve. Mm. In fact, he spent so much time stressing and rehearsing conversation he didn't realise Tanya was now 45 minutes late. Sorry? She's 45 minutes late. Really? So he texted her and waited for a reply. Anything yet? No. He called her, but her phone went straight to message bank. Hello, the person you are trying to reach is not available. Please leave a short 10 second message and it will be sent as a text message. Eventually, he did leave a message. Hey, uh, Tanya, it's me. Look, I've sent a few messages already. Um, look, uh, it's getting late. Um, just wondering. Anyway, you've got my number. Give me a call. A little while later, he left another message. Hey, it's me again. Look, it's beginning to cloud over. Uh, maybe we should head somewhere else. All right. Call me. And then, as all good cliches go, it began to rain. Fuck! For fuck's sake! Is it? <sighs> the man just sat there in the park like a suspicious garden gnome, soaking up the fuckness. Come on! Not long after, he left yet another message. I'm getting all wet and I wasn't even going to talk about cats, silly lady! And another message. I 
on, guy on, guy on, can I? And another message. <laughs> then the man ate his flowers in the rain. I don't know why he ate the flowers. Me either. The man felt completely and utterly broken. Like a Lego dildo laying in pieces on the bathroom floor. What the fuck? Nothing. And so the man started home, leaving increasingly weirder and more desperate messages. Haggard's PM Dawn! Everybody fully loves PM Dawn! God damn it! When the man neared his house, he called out for Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi! But it was raining, and Mr. Miyagi was in a dry, warm place, like a packet of fluffy biscuits. Miyagi! 